0: Hmm? Ah! Oh. This is cool, dude. Very old school. What?
1: You know, you and me, trekking through the jungle, on a way to do something that we don't quite understand. Good times. You mind if I ask you something? Sure. Why'd you come back?
0: You know, to the island. Why'd you come back?
1: Back in LA, Jacob hopped into the back of my cab and told me I was supposed to, so I came. <laughs> what? So if you have a better reason for coming back, let's hear it, man.
0: I came back here because I was broken. And I was stupid enough to think this place could
1: fix me. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben.
2: And I'm Kristen. Today's episode, we are going to talk about Season 6, Episode 5, Lighthouse. Not the Lighthouse, just Lighthouse, maybe.
1: Of, uh, season 6, Episode 5 of Lost.
2: Of Lost? I thought you said, Welcome to Lost Revisited. No. <laughs> oh. Every, well, every here we episode- are. I thought I nailed it, too. It's something you know? different. Golly. <laughs> this is why people work with a script and not off the cuff, just to you let were, you know.
1: You were so close this time. I did
2: so good.
1: You were so close.
2: You know what? If it wasn't a disaster, did we really podcast?
1: That's. This is true. <laughs> this is very, very true. And I have to say, immediately, a week after we said, we're good for the rest of this season, we... Uh, we're not missing a week. We're just coming no. to you a, a day, day late. late and a dollar short. Yes, a day and a couple hours late. It's we're, fine.
2: Um, it's you know. fine. It's a surprise. Yay! Lost.
1: The, the funny thing is, too, like I already got a text. I already got an IM from Steve. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know he's somebody who regularly leaves his voicemails, and he was like missing our missing my lost podcast. Hope you guys are well. I was like, we're coming. I was like, we're coming. Just, you know, just a little late this week. But yeah, you know, we had Father's Day this this weekend, so yeah. Kristen was celebrating and with with her husband and you know, it was a it was a busy weekend. Yeah. But
2: and well, we we finally live an hour away from my parents too, so it was nice to be able to like just drive down to my parents' house and they have a pool and so we had like an outside barbecue. It was nice. So
1: Yeah. Um I have cat. I'm a cat dad, so they don't do shit for me. You're a cat
2: gentleman. We've discussed this. Yes, cat gentleman. (laughs) Yes, but you are a cat dad. And I added, and I added a new member to my family. You did a brand new puppy. His name is Ranger, and he is a kind of black, kind of dark chocolate lab. Not jury's still out on this on this (laughs) with us. (laughs)
1: He is incredibly cute. You did send me the pictures. Um, And he is also a contributing factor as to why we are a day and a half late this
2: weekend. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I forgot that you don't sleep when there are small uh, beings in the house. You know, it's been a long time since I've had babies or toddlers. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've had a puppy. so. (laughs) I've <laughs> been tired.
1: Yeah, I I can totally imagine. Um, and it's like, I'm,
2: hey, you want to record? I'm like, I'd like to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I okay. think I think I text you, I was like, so are we good for the usual time? And you were like, uh, I forgot. I'm running I, on no sleep. I
2: forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I set the time and the date, and I
1: forgot. And you're the one that forgot. <laughs> it's all right, it happens. Again, we're not missing the week. We are just a day and a half, technically, uh, late. Yep. Uh, but, but we'll be back on track for this week. Um, and I, I got some fun stuff I'm trying to line up. Uh, I'm not going to reveal any kind of names or anything like that, but I've sent out, I just tossed my pen across the room. Um, that was an anger toss. <laughs> luckily, I have another one. I'm not going to um, tell
2: anybody. <sighs> <sighs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, I'm lining up. I'm working on lining up. Uh, if all else, if if everything happens, uh, a couple guest interviews like we've done in the past with like MC Ganey and such. Uh, I'm working on a couple because we want to kind of wrap up this season and the series with uh, a couple special treats if we can make It'd it happen. Be nice, exactly.
2: And if it so, doesn't happen, you know we're delightful,
1: right? I mean. Are we not enough for your
2: We are amazing <laughs> So everybody knows
1: <laughs> Although the show that we've chosen to do next It's going to be very difficult to line up those guests if we try
2: Oh no, it won't Because they
1: are still very much in demand
2: Yeah, no, it won't happen
1: no, But that's never, okay never. Uh, Real quick, before we jump into this episode Did you happen to see who I booked as a guest on my Wilhelm podcast? No um i will tell you I will I, give i'm me- not
2: on socials very often
1: <laughs> i know but your husband is so i was surprised maybe if, if he had seen it and oh yeah you know he does you.
2: tell me stuff but no i'm ta- we uh, have a puppy
1: i true uh <laughs> i posted a, a clue an incredibly easy clue on facebook and i'll okay, give, give you give the, the same clue. clue uh it was if the I was like, I'm. I'm very happy to welcome this gentleman to the podcast later this month, uh, but however, if this house gets full, I'll just ask him to cut it out.
2: Oh, Dave Coulier! Dave Coulier, I'm amazing,
1: right? It was a very easy clue.
2: Yeah, no, uh, not if not if you're not our age.
1: <laughs> this is also true, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's really cool. He's um he's launching a podcast that's actually a full house rewatch. And he's coming. Will on. Will he do Will-
2: Fuller House too? Uh,
1: probably. Yeah, cool. it might be a rewatch of Fuller House as well, since that's already wrapped up. But um, yeah, he's coming on Wilhelm uh, probably in the beginning of July to talk. Are you going to ask if Lori
2: Laughlin is going to be his co-host? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I just <laughs> Lori Laughlin or Alanis Morissette, one of the two. Oh, if it's Alanis Morriset, I'll die. Right. I love her so much. Well, you um, know the
1: connection between the two of them, right?
2: Yeah, they dated forever, didn't yeah, they? Or they were married or something. They
1: dated for a long time. We're yeah. already off track. Um, but uh, like the rumor is that you uh oh no, what's the song? One of her songs is about him.
2: Oh, it's um
1: it's not it's you ought
2: to know. know.
1: Is it you ought to know? Okay, I'm all right. pretty
2: sure. Yeah. I do mm. love the fact that she was with Ryan Reynolds for like seven years. Eight years, something crazy like that. Like, she was? Yes. They used to, because they're both Canadian and they used to be, they used to be uh, live ins. Like, I I remember what was it? Was it MTV Cribs or something like that where they did her. House, wow! I'm dating myself right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, trust me, you're not dating yourself as much knowing that Alanis Morissette used to be on. You can't do that on television on Nickelodeon. I do
2: remember that too, because of course I do. That's
1: that's dating ourselves. (laughs) I I used to love that show.
2: You know what? Our generation is the best.
1: Our generation rocks.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay, so before we get started, I do want I want to put it out there on the brainwaves too. Uh, the podcast waves. Dave and I had a great idea for your Wilhelm podcast, and you can edit this out later if you want, but I I have to say it before I forget. So we're watching the original Mission Impossible last night with the kids, and Ving Rhames used to be my favorite part of that movie when I first saw the movie. And so I'm sitting there, and I look at Dave, and I'm like, you know, don't you – I feel like Ving Rhames was like the first – Really, like "quote unquote" cool getaway car man. Like he was the cool hacker dude. And since this movie, there's been so many cool hacker dudes in movies. And so Dave goes, "That's a Wilhelm podcast right there." And I said, "Top, what are five, you favorite, about? Like, top man, five favorite, like top van five favorite, like top five
1: man in the van,
2: <laughs> man in the van." Yeah,
1: yep. there's a <laughs> so lot just, of them.
2: I know. That's why I so Dave had that idea last night. So there's I'm passing even, it on to you.
1: That's a good one. I'm actually going to write it down, um, and I'm not editing out in case I forget it. Um, <laughs> but like, I, even just in the Mission Impossible movies, there's been a couple new Man in the van characters.
2: So we've only watched the first two and Ghost Protocol. We haven't watched any of the others. And Ghost Protocol, I only watched because Jeremy Renner is in it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm but-
1: I'm genuinely it- surprised you're watching those movies.
2: Uh, we watch it on Plex so that Tom Cruise does not directly get any money.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Um, I will, and in
2: that way, Scientology gets no money. Okay, all right. I that's my I, beef with with Tom Cruise. His his movies, his money goes directly to Scientology.
1: Well, I mean that's that's my deal with Hogwarts. To what uh, with Hogwarts as well, because I'm waiting to buy a pre owned copy so that none of my money goes to JK Rowling. But now we're getting, you know, now we're we're getting into politics
2: and it's Scientology is not politics. It's okay, it's it's, just it's religion. Evil. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> not but, religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh,
1: gosh, <laughs> I will. So I will tell you back to the Mission Impossibles and then we'll jump into Lost Promise listeners. Um, Mission Impossible, the first one is great. The second one is okay. Um, the third one with Philip Seymour Hoffman is Oh, incredible. I've seen that
2: one. Okay, so I've seen the first. I've seen two because the fourth one is Ghost Protocol, right?
1: Fourth one is is Ghost Protocol.
2: So I've seen um, one through four.
1: Rogue Nation is excellent. Fallout is fucking phenomenal.
2: Is and- Jeremy Renner in it?
1: I think I don't remember if Renner is in Fallout or not. I don't think I can get he a
2: Renner is. guarantee. I'll watch it. Um,
1: Henry Cavill is. Yeah. And it was it was right around that time that there were a lot of rumors as to who was gonna be the next James Bond. Because he would be he, such a good one. And <laughs> when you watch Fallout and you see everything Cavill does with his character, you're like, yeah. holy shit, yes, Cavill could be Bond. Cavill should be Bond because he mm. is amazing. I in also Fallout. think
2: that Idris Elba should be Bond. Oh, so do I.
1: <clears throat> Idris Elba could be everything.
2: Yes, I would like him to be all the parts.
1: Um, and the the advanced reviews so far on the new uh, Mission Impossible are that it's even better than Fallout.
2: Okay. Which so. Were you no? I read the article, and then we'll get to lost. I yes. promise. You know what? Let's start a podcast, you and me, that says Kristen and Ben talk about nothing. <laughs> and it's that's the Seinfeld just, of podcasts, and that, that's <laughs> and that's our that's our podcast. <laughs> uh, Kristen and Ben talk about nothing, and it's just our really bizarre, directionless banter. We really <laughs> we should, and we'll have. just call
1: it derailed.
2: Okay, perfect. Yeah, derailed. It, it derailed. <laughs> lost revisited after hours. Um, so so I read this article that the Mission Impossible People, uh, Tom Cruise, are trying to get a monopoly on the good theaters. Because and and have the theaters sign like some sort of an agreement that they're only going to show Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible movie, in all of the good theaters like the Dolby's and the IMAX and stuff like that, instead of Oppenheimer, which comes out within like a week of each other. Ooh, which is bullshit. Uh, the, uh,
1: okay, I I will say up front, I'm not a huge Christopher Nolan fan. He is very hit or miss for me. Yes, but, but Killian Murphy. But well, not only that. Oppenheimer has a phenomenal cast.
2: It, everyone's in it. I, I yeah. don't know how you get that many A-list people well, in a movie. I, well, I mean, yeah, I uh, love you know. I love Christopher Nolan. Like I'm the opposite of you, I, but like I'm. Don't get me wrong. The
1: Prestige, fucking amazing. Um, Inception, fantastic. I like
2: the Batman movies.
1: I like the first two Batman movies. Dark Knight well, Rises. I did not like.
2: You got, but you have to give it to them that they had to kind of pivot, hey, the, pivot the direction. Yeah. Uh, there, there was nothing they could do about that.
1: But no, I totally agree. Cause I know Heath Ledger was supposed to make the return as the Joker in the third movie.
2: And it would have been brilliant.
1: It would have been amazing.
2: It would have been brilliant. I mean, I think that they did the best with what they had to do.
1: Uh, I just didn't like Tom Hardy. So,
2: you know, with, maybe. I don't know. I, I agree. It's not the third one's not as great, but the first two, incredible. Incredible. And inception dark, and the dark oh, forget night is, about it.
1: Dark Knight is like a almost a perfect Batman top five. Movie. Yeah.
2: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. But um, okay, let's talk about lost. Yes. We could keep going. It's I'm 15 minutes.
1: I'm ahead. actually surprised we we spent as much time on Mission Impossible as we did considering your your distaste for Tom Cruise. But but
2: I told you. I told you why. I'll watch it on Plex. Uh, true. Exactly. Yeah, no money. No
1: money. Um yeah, so let's talk about Lost. We have season five, se- se- season six. I almost said the same thing you did at the beginning. Uh, season six, episode five, Lighthouse of Spoiler filled podcast. There you go. I was just about to say that. For those of you that are not aware, uh, this is a spoiler full podcast. So be forewarned, there will possibly be actually. I know for a fact in some of my notes we're going to talk about some stuff. No, it's – you know yet. what?
2: It is um, – it's impossible not to talk about the end of this series. At
1: this point? For yeah.
2: the No, for this specific episode.
1: I agree. <laughs> I agree because there are a number of revelations that I came to watching this episode. Interesting. Um, two in particular. Um, okay.
2: I'm excited. Well, then why don't you um, – Kick it off.
1: All right. I'm going to, I'm just going to kick it off with this. This is something that you and I had talked about before we even started recording that we knew we were going to come to odds at. So let's just get it out of the way now. And that is our feeling for Jack. This is a Jack centric episode. I'm going to put this out there and then you're going to rebut to it. And it's going to be, we're going to see where we go with it. I, I want to say watching this episode. And uh, I already know you don't feel the same way. Um, I feel like this episode, by the end, made the character of Jack more relatable and likable.
2: Mm, how so? Um,
1: th- just the whole aspect of seeing Jack as a father, which very, this episode is actually very appropriate coming off of Father's Day. Father's
2: Day. I had the same thought that this is like, we should call it Father's Day special. <laughs> really? Like, it's, it's totally all, all coincidental about that this happened. Well, um, also, Jacob acts as a father as well. How so? We'll get there. So okay. T- talk about... So, but I'm very, like, how... <laughs>
1: so, do you feel... I know you feel differently about this. Because you told yes. me, have the button ready.
2: Have the button um, ready.
1: So, for those of us, those of you who've listened to the past, you already know what the button is. And if not, you'll hear it at some point. Because um, Kristen's going to tell me, push the button. Push um the button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to push it right yet. Um but yeah, like I felt like seeing Jack as a father kind of made him more relatable and and likable as a character. Like I feel like this is the flip towards the good Jack that we're going to get for the rest of this season. Like we've already seen it a little bit, we've already been hinted at it, but I feel like this was kind of the switch because like everything that happens with the lighthouse is definitely a point of like how do I how do I put it? Like it it's 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 feelings come to a head and then now we're gonna see this version of Jack kind of come forward for the rest of the series.
2: And see that's fine. Like I see what you're saying there but this is and and I'm sure that this is a turning point. I forget to be honest because I Forget everything in my life, um, but this particular episode, he's a jerk. I mean, he's just—he's a jerk. Um, maybe not in his flash sideways, in his flash sideways, he's a grieving son. He is estranged, more or less, from his son. You know, you see patterns have have emerged on that side right? In the flash sideways. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has a really great moment with his own son and they go back and have pizza. And you see that there is some sort of resolution with that. But when you're on the Island, he's his usual jerky, very self obsessed self. Um, I I can agree. The way that he pushes around, the way that he pushes around Hurley just, he he's so dismissive to him. You know, he just, what does he say to him? Hang on. Um, he said, oh, when um, they're walking in the woods and he said, I came back because I was broken and I was stupid enough to think that this place would fix me. And so Hurley tries to have like a moment with him. He's like, dude, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, how much longer? Where are we going? Or like I, before when yeah. when Her- Hurley's just like, hey, we gotta go. You know, we can't tell him. Any- anybody else we have to go and and he's like i'm not going anywhere with you hurley it's like dude he got you into the temple because he knew what to say you know like maybe we start trusting hurley a little bit he's not like this dog that you can just kick because you're in a bad mood and i think that that's how he's treating how jack is treating hurley and then and then at the end this is where i wanted the button (laughs) he's sitting there and he's at the lighthouse and Hurley's trying to find 108 degrees and all these visions are going by and he goes, go to go to 23 degrees and he does it and it's his house. Right. There's more than there's like hundreds of names on this wheel. Right. And Jack sees his, he's like, what does he want from me? Why is he watching me? Why is it all about me? And then before he asks Hurley, do you want to see what your number looks like? He smashes the fucking lighthouse mirrors. And then he runs away like a petulant child. Push the button.
0: Jack just sucks.
2: There you go. (laughs) Okay, so
1: I understand everywhere you were coming from with with what you just said, with that entire argument. But I do have some counterpoints to some of that. I agree. He is definitely in a different state of mind. He's treating Hurley horrible throughout times of that. But just the fact that Jack even went along for this trip is already showing a different side of Jack, who's maybe a little bit more accepting of the things that are happening. Because the complete old Jack would have never even left that temple. Never even left that temple because he was the man of science. He would have been like, nope, I I don't even believe that Jacob exists. Why am I going to make this trek with you? But the fact that he even follows Hurley on the on the conversation that Jacob told him to do it shows that Jack has kind of sided a little bit differently in that he believes in Jacob enough that he followed Hurley on this trip or even enough that he followed Hurley on this trip, even if Jacob doesn't exist. He has the faith to follow Hurley because Hurley says this is something that needs to be done.
2: Hurley said, you have what it takes. And that was a quote that his dad said by saying, you don't have what it takes. And I think that that's why Jack came. But again, like that that was a quote that Hurley wouldn't know. Yeah, but
1: again, like the old Jack that wouldn't have even. Like that would have shaken him, but he still—that would have turned him away from going on the trip.
2: I don't know because Jack because Jack chased his dead father through the jungle in the first season. True. You know Which, what
1: I mean. I have notes on that as well, because um, I I have a very interesting theory on that as well. But we'll get to that. Um, but again, another counterpoint to something that you brought up too is when they're in the lighthouse and he sees his own name put yourself in that same situation and you see your name listed
2: mm-hmm. on
1: all of these things. Are you not going to want to see what that is all else? All logic is going to go away and you are, you are going to want to see, I agree with you on the destroying the lighthouse before Hurley gets to see his name, but he may not have even noticed Hurley's name in there,
2: but he scanned over. He saw jirah Jira was on there. We saw Jirah. Not yeah, but to look mention how big that wheel was. N- There's a
1: chance Jira and Shepard are the only two names he recognized.
2: Okay, but also he needed to get to 108 degrees. We didn't get to see 108 degrees. Like, it's just, it was so unbelievably selfish. And like, he's just like, do it right now. And then he grabs a, a telescope and he starts shattering mirrors. He's like, ah, like he hulks out and then he leaves.
1: But on the other hand, Jacob knew that had to happen. This was a turning point for Jack. Jacob knew in the conversation that Jack and her, that Jacob and Hurley have after all of that happens, Jacob, he knew that's what needed to happen. He knew that's how Jack was going to react because that was the whole point of the process was Hurley needed to get Jack there. So Jack could see the lighthouse.
2: So Jacob didn't need the lighthouse anymore because he has who he needs on the Island. Exactly. Which leads me
1: to one of the two theories that I mentioned I have about this episode. Okay. We've talked a number of times about how Hurley has always been the true guardian of the, of the Island. Like this was always set that needed. This was always something that needed to happen. I also think That Jack has always also been chosen, not as the guardian, but as the protector of the island. He just needed to be convinced of it because we know by the end of this, Jack is the one that makes the sacrifice for the sake of the island. I think Jack, I think Jack and Hurley have always been the chosen ones. I think Hurley is the guardian. Jack is the protector.
2: So why, why would he die then? How can you continue? How can you continue to be the protector of an island?
1: Because the, like, protect, the protector is the one that made the sacrifice to protect the island.
2: Don't you think they all kind of made sacrifices, though? They all got on the plane the second time. They
1: did, but not all for the same reason. Kate is only there to find Claire. That's not really it. That doesn't have, that's more of a self um, act. I don't want to say selfless act because it's not about her. It's about Claire. Um, but that's a self act. That's not a for the island act. Um, Saeed was kind of taken against his will back to the island. Um, ben went back to the island because I think at that point he still felt he was a protector of the island. Yeah. Uh, So I think they all had different reasons for it. But Jack, on the other hand, when he had when he mentions that in that conversation with Hurley, like he thought the island would, you know, he was broken. He thought the island would fix him. I think it took this lighthouse moment. Jack, Jacob needed to convince Jack that this was actually the case. You were broken. You needed this island to fix you. He broke something else in order to be repaired. He broke the lighthouse. Hmm. He needed to break something else in order to fix himself because we see him in that moment of reflection, sitting on the rock, staring out. He's reflecting on this whole thing.
2: Yeah, he's reflecting. I see. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah. I mean, no, listen, I see what you're saying. I absolutely see what you're saying. And I agree, but I do think that he took a real jerky way to get there this particular episode. He has always treated Hurley like a second class citizen. He has never treated him as an equal and even them by themselves going through the woods or going through the jungle. Like they've been through so much together. It, there's been three years have gone by since they've met. Like these aren't new acquaintances. These are people who know each other very, very well and he still treats him the way that he does. I just don't think that it's Right. I think I'm that not. it just proves that at the heart of it, Jack's an asshole.
1: I'm I'm not saying and I'll push it for you. Jack just sucks. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you at right. all, especially in the way that he treated Hurley. Because I do agree with you. Like he was very rude to him, kind of blowing off everything that was happening, but yet still following him. Mm. Um, you know, like even even when they come across Kate. And Kate is going back to or says she's not going back to the temple. She's going off to find Claire. Like he could have very easily diverted and gone with Kate, but he continued to follow Hurley. There's there's a little bit of faith there. Because I feel like
2: he it's really strange because it's interesting. I'm glad that you said that because he got on that plane. As a man of faith. He crashed on, cra- re on the island as a man of faith. He went to the temple as a man of faith. And then all of a sudden, he went back to old habits out of nowhere. I'm not going anywhere with you, Hurley. Are we almost there, Hurley? Ugh, I hate this, Hurley. Like, why are you here then, Jack? If not to find some sort of purpose? Well, because I think he was still coming
1: to grips with the fact that he was... Becoming a true man of faith, not just instances of. I don't you know. know. He, he needed to see, and this is exactly the whole point of, Jack, of, Hur- of Jacob getting Hurley to take Jack to the lighthouse. It wasn't about Hurley because he knew that Hurley always believed. It, it was about getting Jack to fully commit to believing. And mm-hmm. it took seeing the reflection of his childhood home to mm-hmm. make, make that happen. He needed a shock he needed something to shock him into it and that was it
2: he needed tangible proof to be a man of faith is that what mm-hmm. you're saying which because, is weird yeah that because that's just that's not being a man of faith that's continuing his man of science um, persona it, uh, yeah that's In like somebody year. saying I'm not that's like Thomas from the Bible right? and and we could probably say that jack is most like thomas a doubting thomas right he he's not going to believe that jesus is resurrected unless he has tangible proof that jesus is in front of him because just believing what what the other disciples were telling him wasn't enough he had to touch the wounds he had to sit there and talk to the resurrected jesus which is That's not a man of faith, right? That's why you call them a doubting Thomas, because that's somebody who only has faith if they see tangible evidence. That's something completely different.
1: Which is also interesting, too, because out of this whole thing, Jacob has been on the journey with him, but Hurley's the only one that can see.
2: Right, right. Well, Hurley's always been able to see dead people, and maybe that that gift was given to him in anticipation of this moment right? Because he's not scared when he sees dead people. He's like, oh, you died too? Cool. When did you die? How did you die?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, I don't know. I think it's just been, it's
1: it's a very different opinion that we have, which I, I actually really appreciate that we have a complete difference of opinion. Not complete, but we share differences of opinion on Jack in this particular episode. Because it very rarely happens or has happened in our coverage of this show. We're usually mostly in agreement right? about our opinions on Jack cause they fluctuate very often <laughs> throughout the, you know, the 90 plus episodes we've done of this show. Um, you, you know, and it's actually very comforting that this time around, we kind of see it a little bit differently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, I just don't, I like flash sideways Jack a lot better than I like Island Jack in this episode.
1: I do too. Um, And if I had an issue with any shepherd um, in the flash sideways, it's actually his mother.
2: Yes, me too. Me too.
1: Um, For one particular reason, Uh, I had a huge issue with his mom in this episode in the fact that she called Jack over to search for the will when he had David visiting him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, David even says, like, we see each other like once a month. Let's just, you know, make the best of what this is. His mom has to know that. So why would you pull them apart? Like, why would you ask Jack to come over during that very little time he has with David when that is something that could have waited a day or two?
2: Maybe she knew that he was trying out for that piano thing. How would she know if Jack didn't? Because she could talk to David's mom,
1: that's true. okay. That's also true.
2: But I mean, because like- remember he was close to his grandfather because he was crying at the funeral, and he was really upset and sad, yeah. but, but I mean, like- at the same time, why wouldn't you tell your son that that his son, why wouldn't why wouldn't Mrs. Shepard, because I don't know her first name, tell Jack that his son David, was a piano prodigy, and had this huge thing that was happening that day, and well, because maybe you I don't think go she and knew, se- and maybe you should go and secretly watch it. Well, because so, I don't, yeah. I don't think she knew. So, so then, well, the, then the entire Shepherd family sucks. Well, I mean.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think this is something that David was keeping to himself because as he mentions in that conversation, which by the way, the conversation with David and Jack at the end, I actually started getting a little emotional. I did too. That.
2: I did too. It was, it was very that's the kind of stuff that you want your dad to say to you. Yeah. If you're estranged from your dad, which I am right
1: in my right. own personal life, I am right. have been for a very long time.
2: Right. Right. You have your yeah. cats. You're fine.
1: I, I, I'm a cat gentleman. It's fine. <laughs> Um yeah but but I mean even let aside like the whole like the conversation like and again it was something that made Jack more a more likable character for me because like hearing him saying like that was never like I w- I'm I'm going to love you no matter what like right. yeah like that got me a little emotional watching that um but I think this was something that David was keeping from everybody like there's a part of me that thinks maybe his mother didn't even know about this,
2: probably um, because if he didn't make it, it would have been devastating.
1: Yeah, but, well, and that's just it. Like he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want anybody to see
2: him fail, in right. case
1: that happened. You know, and,
2: well, and, it, he said, "I pro- i made mom promise not to tell you." So, i oh, mean, that's right. So his, his mom, mom, didn't mom his, yeah, but then his mom's out of town for this huge audition.
1: Well, that's what makes me believe possibly his mom didn't know about the right. audition. No, I she's think known, you're right. She's known that he's been a piano player, but she probably did not know about this audition. Because you're right. She would have been there for that.
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Especially if she's known all this time about him being the, this great piano player, mm-hmm. she would have been there to support it. Right. So I don't think anybody except David knew about this audition.
2: Right. No, I think you're right. I think you're but, right.
1: But again, like getting back to Jack's mother, like this looking for the will could have waited a day or two, especially after the conversation that she has with Jack about like, you know, when Jack says, well, I was petrified of my my own father. And she says, well, maybe your son is petrified of you. Well, then why are you pulling him away from him?
2: That's why I was saying the entire Shepherd family sucks. Yeah. Like Jack, Christian and Mrs. Shepard. Like I don't I don't think you, I don't
1: I don't think you can lump jack into this because you can see jack legitimately cry- trying
2: no no no, no. i'm no, no yes absolutely i'm just saying like up until this point like they're just so self-absorbed in their own nonsense
1: well i think you're I mean, also Jack's tying shaken out of it i think you're also tying real life jack into this flash sideways shepherd family Right. I think if you look at the flash sideways, Jack, I don't think he can be lumped into the Shepherd family sucking because I, I think he's legitimately trying. You can see him like, yes, he was late picking up David, but he's trying to connect with him. He hooks up the cable in his bedroom so that he can watch the Red Sox, which we know throughout the course of this series, the Red Sox is something that's been it's a connection that he had with his father. So he's using that as a connection with David. David is the one that's kind of shutting Jack out well, with this one. In this Just instance.
2: because Jack had a Red Sox connection with his dad doesn't mean that they have a R- Red Sox connection. It could mean that he thinks that there's a Red Sox connection, and that's the way he's going to connect to his son because that's the way he connected to his father. True. But again,
1: in that instance, with him using that or at least attempting to use that, he's still making an attempt
2: to connect to his son. Maybe. It's David Maybe. that's kind of shutting him out. Well, of course he's shutting him out. I mean, he's an absent father in David's eyes. Is he an absent father or is he only that, sees him once a month? But is that
1: that could also just be the custody situation? That's all he's oh. allowed to see, Jack or Dave. Right.
2: And no, but I understand that. But to a kid, that doesn't matter. Adult stuff like that doesn't matter. True. To a kid, their dad is there or their dad isn't there. True. Period
1: especially he, he doesn't understand it's the court's decision not
2: right and, and Jack's if that decision. is the case or it could be his job i mean you saw that when he got a phone call david kind of rolled his eyes
1: even though it was his mom
2: right but that doesn't mean that it hasn't been the hospital
1: in the no past. i mean and and i can also kind of see even in that situation now that you bring that up i can kind of see In that particular moment, how maybe you could lump Jack into that whole situation. Because when his mom calls and says she needs him to come over, when he says to David, like, I'm going over to Grandma's house, like, you know, do you want to come with me? When he says no, eh, you should have called your mom back and said, you know what, can we do this later?
2: One of two things should have happened. One, no, mom, I can't. David's here tonight. I'll come over tomorrow. Or two, hey, I'm going to grandma's. Get in the car. You're coming with me.
1: Mm, I don't know if I agree with that second one.
2: As a parent, it's one or two things that are going (laughs) to happen.
1: (laughs) I just feel like making that choice would turn David further against you by forcing him to do something. It kind of turns David even further against you, especially considering David had the audition. If If forcing David to go with him. To his mom's house causes him to miss that audition, he is going to resent that forever.
2: Well, then David should take that opportunity to tell his dad that he has an audition.
1: Or, like I said, Jack, the moment that he asked David to say, like, I'm going to your grandma's, do you want to come along? And Jack says, and Dave and David says no, call your mom back and say, Can we do this later?
2: Yeah. But then what? And then he's he sneaks out or says that he has to go in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the night.
1: Well, yeah. Cause I thought about that too. I was like, well, okay. If he didn't go over to his mom's house, how are you, how is David getting out to go to that audition?
2: Right. So maybe grandma was trying to get Jack out of the house.
1: That's a good point. I don't I know. Think of, I don't know either. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Hmm. I don't know.
2: It's like like the pocket watch. We've just gone in circles. Compass. Like 10 minutes. Compass. Compass, Sorry. (laughs) Woman. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I like that we've actually spent this amount. We spent a lot of time on Jack. And we haven't even really. We haven't even really. Dive into this episode yet. Um, I mean, we've covered a lot in
2: this conversation. Because he's such a controversial character. I mean, really. I mean. Anybody that watches this just on the surface level is just like, oh, it's Matthew Fox, Jack. Jack's the main guy. He's dreamy. Okay, the end. It's that guy from Party of Five. That's who he was to me before this show. No, oh. <laughs> I don't know who he was to anybody else, but that's who he was to me. He I was wasn't like, that. Oh, look. I, I was- Let's look. It's the guy from Party of Five. Perfect. I never
1: watched Party of Five, so I didn't I know did. who
2: he was. Jennifer Love Hewitt was in it. Scott Wolf was in it. Scott Wolf and Jennifer Love Hewitt were a couple for a really long time. Yeah. Totally into it.
1: Oh, God. Well, now that we know that Party of Five is the next show we're covering. No, we're not. We're not covering Party of Five.
2: <laughs> that would be it's so not, fun. <laughs> it's
1: not happening. No, one we're wouldn't. Do,
2: and then we're going to do My So-Called Life.
1: <laughs> we're going to cover Freaks and Geeks before we cover My So-Called Life.
2: <laughs> that wouldn't be a rewatch for me. That would be a first-time watch. Uh,
1: Freaks and Geeks is, is excellent. It's such an amazing show. But anyway... Um, so, yeah i mean there's just it's just it, it kind jack of is me,
2: but jack is a controversial character sorry he, that's what he i is. was saying
1: and he has been he has been for a very long time he is a very complicated character um even though like as you mentioned he on the surface can look like a particular like oh he's the lead he's the hero mm, he's really not
2: no um, no he's definitely not the hero but um, it's funny because i think that I, i'm so sorry you, you go no ahead. no
1: no, no, I was just gonna say, like, he you're right, he's not the hero, but he kind of becomes it by the end. It took six seasons to get him there. Hmm. Again, he's the one who makes of like, the sacrifice.
2: Kind of like brand the broken. Blah, sorry. <laughs> Eight <laughs> seasons it, to get to it, the trash can ending.
1: It, oh God, I know the ending that will cause us to never cover Game of Thrones or even rewatch Game of Thrones for that matter. If um,
2: you want to hear a rewatch on Game of Thrones, go to House Podcast and dig deep. Other than that, it's not happening again for this
1: <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, and it kind of got me thinking as well too because like Jack is not a father in the actual present timeline. Uh, he even says at one point to Hurley when Hurley's like, oh, I think you'd make an amazing father. And he's like, I'd be a horrible father. Um, I think that moment right there when he says I would be a horrible father really stems from issues he has had with his own dad. Um, he knows this like he knows this and fully realizes it. So why in the flash sideways is he a father like it does he have a son? And I think it is because having his own child and working through issues he he uses having his own child to work through his own issues with his father is what gives him the closure to move on
2: I think that that's what kind of all of us do as parents is that we try to we try to heal our own childhood traumas whatever they may be by doing something different with our own children
1: oh then I'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> no but i do understand what you're what you're saying like you're right like we we kind of make up for mistakes you know we try to make up for mistakes by with our own children right i I don't have but i get the the idea because i know enough people who are parents i've dated people with children so like i i know i know exactly what it is
2: yeah I, and and that's not, you know, and that's just like anybody that has some sort of, of, of childhood gap or trauma or anything like that, you know, that's listening probably understands that, you know, you're like, I'm never going to be that kind of a parent. I'm never going to do that for my kids or I'm never going to, you know, like you try to break cycles with your own kids if you can catch the fact that you're in some sort of a toxic cycle, which yeah. obviously Jack and Christian were.
1: Yes. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I post pretty much on Facebook every Father's Day is that I've, uh, you know, I've learned the man not to be from my father. Right. You know, it's the reason why I'm estranged, uh, you know, estranged from my father as well as his side of the family. Like, I've learned who, I still learn things from my father, but they are who not the person not to be.
2: Right. Right.
1: You get Um, it. But I mean, like, yeah, so I mean, I totally get it because I've been in that situation. Um, I was lucky enough to escape that situation, whereas some people are not as lucky about that. You know, Jack has had these issues for most of his life, Um, including
2: chasing his dead father in the jungle.
1: Right. Uh, You know, so I, I feel like like all of these instances of all of these survivors that we're seeing in this Flash Sideways, Yes, they are adding to the story, but they are also closing. They are giving every one of these characters the closure they need mm-hmm. to move on.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and from that point of view, I see how I see what. The point of this episode was in the flash sideways. Mm-hmm. It felt good at the end, which is what we're st- which is what the writers are striving for in the flash sideways. Yes. Right. But when I'm talking about Jack on the island, he's acting like Jack of old. He's acting like a petulant child. Um, I'm glad he's staring out at the ocean. I'm glad he feels better after his temper tantrum. But I'll tell you what, if my son throws a temper tantrum like that, he's not going to just get to go stare at the ocean and then have everything be okay again.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I I, really hope that you never have an instance where you your son destroys a lighthouse. I mean, it's, you, you know. He's,
2: he's destroyed many things, okay, <laughs> in his short 10 years of life, all right? I, so let's just, let's not quibble here about that. <laughs> but if we could move on from Jack for a moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we've spent a good portion of time on on Jack, like almost a half hour at this
3: point.
2: Well, we're still going to kind of be about Jack, but we're just going to shift over to Hurley for a second. Absolutely. So Hurley, I found it was very interesting that he was saying some things that were very reminiscent of our early scenes with Ben Linus when talking about Jacob. Because everybody was like, show me where Jacob is. Okay, where's Jacob supposed to be? You said Jacob was supposed to be here. And Ben's like, that's not how this works. You're like, you like, you, you don't just call Jacob. Jacob just shows up, right? Well, Hurley says the exact same thing. So I think that we have some foreshadowing in this episode on who is going to ultimately take Ben's place as guardian of the island
1: well i i agree with you but i also think it's very interesting in the fact that yes there are a lot of comparisons between hurley and ben and the things that they say the huge differences that hurley can actually see jacob ben never could right ben pretended to see jacob
2: so then what were his experiences with jacob because he was doing jacob things or was he doing man in black things
1: I don't think he was doing either. I think Ben was pretending, but he didn't realize how on the money he was.
2: But see, in the last episode, one of the one of the last lines that he says is, "I did a good job, right?" I want to know, or something like that, to, to the effect of, "I did a good job, right?" for the island. And Hurley's like, "Yeah, you did a good job." Okay, well then Ben was working towards something. He was working towards doing things that were for the greater good of. The island.
1: Oh, I never be- I never had a doubt that Ben wasn't doing anything for, again. Like I always believed, everything Ben did, he felt was in the protection of the island for the but good. But who of the was island. he
2: working for? Was he working for Jacob, or was he working for the Man in Black?
1: I think he was working for Jacob.
2: But then, how could he summon the smoke monster? I think he. Well, okay. I think that Ben
1: believed he was working for Jacob.
2: But it was the man in black.
1: But he was being manipulated by the man in black.
2: And that's evidenced by the fact that Jacob would never presented himself to Ben. Yes. Because it's interesting to me because he knows about Jacob. He knows the word, the powerful name of Jacob, right? I mean, that's like you could say Jacob to like a native or one of the hostiles or whatever you call them, right? And all of a sudden, just saying the name Jacob opens up doors, so to speak, on the island.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So as, as does apparently saying, I'm a candidate.
2: That was awesome. Right. <laughs> that was awesome because Hurley is just so cute. Cause he's just like, he's like, he doesn't want to say it. And Jacob's like, say it. <laughs>
1: say say you're a candidate, which by the way, I have a translation for what Dogen says to her. Oh good. What was it? But we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm so excited about that. By the way. <laughs> I'm like, tell me now. Um, <laughs> You know, Hurley, I think he showed unbelievable patience with Jack. I mean, taking that jungle walk with Jack, like, I would have killed him halfway through.
1: <laughs> I, or, I just at least, would have. or at least, like, f- turned around and said something to him. Like, dude, chill out. And said,
2: like, dude, shut up. Like, what else are you going to do today other than eat that mango? Like, let come on, let's go. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. You know? It looks like you need a walk, buddy. Um. Uh, oh, so Hurley follows a map on his arm that leads to what looks like an omega symbol. Was that an omega symbol or was that just a rune?
1: I think it's just a rune. I don't know if it was an omega signal um, or symbol. Because it
2: had it had like the, the circle at the top plus the two tails on either end. But I couldn't tell if it was connected or not in between actually, to make I, a full circle.
1: I can actually tell you because I screenshotted it. It is not an omega symbol. It is just okay.
2: a rune. Because I was thinking, oh, Omega means the end, you know, like I wonder if this is like where he's supposed to go Mm -hmm. because it's the end of his journey. Um, So that sucks.
1: (laughs) It's funny because I actually as I watch the episodes, I'm always taking screenshots of particular scenes because I have to create the cover art Uh for for the podcast. And that was actually one of the scenes that I screenshotted. So I just went and looked it. I already chose which one I'm using and it's not that one. So I went back and looked at some of the other ones and I, I saw that one. I'm like, Nope, not an Omega.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad that we all thought that I'm glad that we both thought that it could be an an Omega symbol. Yeah. It means that we know our, our Greek letters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, We're so
2: smart. But
1: yeah, like, and it's also interesting to me too, that by the end of this, like the, the roles kind of flip between Jack and Hurley, because you know Hurley's the one that's going on faith he's taking Jack along on this journey the for the main objective that Hurley doesn't know the main objective is to get Jack to the lighthouse so that he can kind of come crashing down literally in breaking the lighthouse so that he could have this revelation mm-hmm. whereas at the at the same time when he had when Hurley has that final conversation with Jacob Hurley is kind of in shock because the point for Hurley was to get Hurley and Jack away from the temple because somebody's coming and there's no saving them.
2: It's interesting too, because Kate, Jin, and Sawyer are also away from the temple. So five of the candidates are safe from the temple. The only one
1: that's there is Saeed. Yeah, that's true. But Jin is also on his way to the temple
2: with Claire. True. <laughs> yeah however I mean, we don't know what's going to happen because with that not lock shows up we'll talk about that when that comes he's up. my
1: that's not john that's my that's friend my
2: friend the minute she said that I was like oh yeah i remember this
1: part. yep this so weird <laughs> so <laughs> i love it so much <laughs> um yeah <Savage> we- <sighs> It's it's funny because I'm thinking of like, I'm I'm watching this episode and I'm like, oh, like Claire's the new Rousseau. And I'm like, no, she's actually not because Rousseau was not crazy. Like Rousseau was just a survivor. I mean, she was crazy, but she was crazy from being a survivor. All being alone for 16 years. Yeah, it was isolation sickness, basically. Um, Whereas Claire has whatever she's been touched by the man in black. Not yeah, clear, and that
2: bro. branding looked like the same branding that they did to Saeed's chest.
1: I missed branding. What But
2: She said, they branded me. Oh. And she, she shows her arm. And it's the same kind of shape that it was on Saeed's chest when they tss-ed him, when they did the test on him.
1: So she's been to the temple.
2: Yes. Okay. I think that she's been to the temple. And I think that they've tried to, they tried to drown out the darkness probably as well. And they tested her. I'm, I, I think that they did exactly what they did to Saeed to Claire. Except I don't understand the poking with needles thing. Cause that didn't happen unless it was like acu, acupuncture or something. Maybe. Well, but I also, I also don't think they
1: put her in the water either because when they did it to Saeed, Saeed died. That's true. Well, and maybe they were, sometimes
2: th- they don't die.
1: Okay, that's that's also true. But then the water also got murky with Saeed. I don't know if that would have ever happened. That water probably still would have been murky if they had done it with Claire.
2: But I think that the water's murky because Jacob died.
1: Uh, okay. That's a good point. You're right. Because Jacob was the one that was killing was keeping the water purified. Right. And without Jacob. Oh, that's right. Because the water was already murky before they put Said in it. Right. Because they came because in and they're like, Said.
2: this has never been like this before. Well, then if uh, well, then that also
1: leads me to believe that they never put Claire in the water because then why wouldn't it have worked?
2: Because Jacob didn't Jacob scratched her name off as a candidate because she became a mother.
1: So you're thinking that would have just uh, Jacob would have just then ignored it and allowed Claire yes. to become touched by this darkness? Probably. All right.
2: Fair enough. I don't know. I'm just – let's say for argument's sake that that's that's what he did, that he only protects candidates, that he only protects uh, worries and cares about candidates. Because if he did care about other people other than the candidates, Boone would still be alive. Shannon would still be alive. Echo would still be alive.
1: (laughs) Shut I'm up. Sorry To anybody watching the video version <laughs> of this, it's so funny that anytime either one of us says that name, we just automatically look off camera <laughs> to make sure our devices are not picking up.
2: <laughs> but I have, think- I have two
1: devices within earshot
2: oh of gosh. that name.
1: So like they could have it's it's just it's always a crapshoot as to which one heard me <laughs> first. Either the one in the kitchen or the one in the bathroom.
2: (laughs) I don't need a bathroom, Alexa.
1: (laughs) I do for music.
2: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I bring my phone in.
1: I do that too. But uh, it's to play music as well.
2: I get that. Anyway. So don't you think, though, if that Jacob cared about everybody the way that he cares about the candidates, right, then all of those other survivors wouldn't have died. He would have found a way to save them, especially Echo.
1: So once the name is scratched off, <laughs> once the name is scratched off, then it doesn't. You're no longer under Jacob's protection. Anything Maybe. can
2: happen to you. I, I mean, I don't know, but let's say that that's true. It would at least make sense on why um, Claire wasn't affected by the spring or anything like that. If if that's what happened to her,
1: yeah. I can I can see that yeah I mean the, the stuff hopefully we're gonna find out more about that with with Claire um, there's a lot about the Claire storyline that I don't remember other than the fact that she basically went Amazonian right um, well
2: don't you find it interesting too that Jacob was found by Hurley right by the Murky Spring almost like Jacob was contemplating like the state of the island by just staring at the spring. Cause he couldn't do anything about it. If he could, he would have cleared that spring up.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't put any thought to the fact that he was by the spring. Oh really? No,
2: I thought I did. I, I, I really wanted. I didn't have time to take like a little deep wiki dive or anything like that, but I, I'd,
1: I just, I just kind of took that as in that was the area where Hurley was alone. So that's where he approached him,
2: but he didn't approach him. Hurley found him. He was sitting by the spring with his back to Hurley.
1: Well, I mean that call so, like again, like uh, okay, I see where you're coming from with it. I just kind of took it as in, like that's where he went to meet Hurley because that's no, where they would be. Because you
2: know that these showrunners don't do anything without having a specific reason why.
1: Maybe he was touching t- testing the pH levels of the spring.
2: Okay. Adding adding chemicals and chlorine. Adding
1: chemicals to make it. To, he's got to shock the spring. He's got to take
2: it. the algae out. Yeah. It's summertime.
1: Oh God, that's so stupid. Um. <laughs> You're, stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. You're stupid. You're <laughs>
2: stupid. <laughs> Um, I like that our Hurley conversation turned into a Jacob conversation.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like on the conversation, you know, while we're on the topic of Hurley, there is a line that Hurley says, and I absolutely loved it because it really puts a lot of things into some weird perspectives. And when Jack and Hurley leave the jungle, they walk out of the jungle and they see the lighthouse for the first time. You know, Jack, <laughs> you know, Jack says to Hurley, he's like, how is it? We've never seen this before. And Hurley's response is, "I guess we weren't looking for it." Mm. And like I, lo- I love the concept of that because that's actually how a lot of things are in life as well. Is sometimes you don't find something until you're actually looking for it. There are things that are staring you blatantly in the face, but you don't notice them until you're act. It's, so it's actually something that you're looking for.
2: Like when you get a new car, and then all of a sudden you see your new car like all over the road.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, we, that happened to me last year when I bought my new car. I see the same model. Yeah. Every. Every.
2: Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere I see my. Yeah. Car. We got a Subaru Outback, and I love the Subaru Outback so much. But I always see Subaru Forester, Sur- Subaru Crosstrek, like all of the other Subarus on the road. The minute I got that Outback, all of a sudden, every other car was an Outback.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, when I bought my Altima, like I see freaking Nissan Altimas everywhere.
2: Now. Yeah, right. They're
1: everywhere.
2: So that's a good example of like you don't see it until you know that you see it
1: until it's something that's in your mind that you're you're consciously or even unconsciously looking subconsciously looking for. You don't really notice it.
2: Although I did have the same notes that that Jack did with that one. Oh, Which look, are. a lighthouse nobody's ever seen before. Well, I I was the same way.
1: Like, <laughs> when when you finally see the lighthouse, it's huge. It's like, how, how did they never see? Like, they noticed a one-footed statue. <laughs> right. But they never noticed a lighthouse, like, on this <laughs> island. And I was the same way. I was like, how did they never notice it? And then Hurley says the line, like, maybe we were never looking for it. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like, I guess that's the answer to the question.
2: See, it would have been good if Jack was like, all right.
1: <laughs> guess you're right Hurley
2: yeah I guess I'm just along for the ride here we go <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that yeah like I I love that moment you know I again like it's such a th- it's it's not a throwaway line but it's such a disposable line and like I guess we weren't looking for it that you're kind of like I think it's more because it comes from Hurley than anybody mm. else that when he says that you're like oh all right sure that's, that's it yep like that, that, that's it so I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, oh, well. I haven't been. I have not been crossing off any of my notes as we've been going. Did you ever um,
2: get um what piece that David was playing? It's. I think it's something, but from Chopin. Do we know the um, title or the meaning of it? Because I feel like we should know that.
1: Um, that's a good question. Let me see. Um because I have the what Dogen says pulled up. But let me see if there's anything in that note. Of, let's see. Uh, outside of the conservatory. Let's see. David has an audition for Williams Conservatory. Welcome. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't see that before. Uh, the Williams Conservatory... Uh, there's a sign outside that says welcome all candidates. Oh when, my gosh. When Jack shows up. Um no, it does not say what at least not in this where I'm reading, it does not say what he was playing. Um but it looks like if if it's if it's anything if it's if it's according to the sheet music that was on David's desk, it's a Fantasy Impromptu by Chopin. Because I would assume the street music that Jack sees on his desk is exactly what he was practicing for right. this audition. Um, if I look that up, I wonder what we would. What we would. See. Fantasy
2: Impromptu. Well, that that's <laughs> that's probably the a synonym for flash sideways. <laughs>
1: uh fantasy impromptu was a solo piano composition it was composed in 1834 and published uh oh uh and it was published pot how do you say that word Postumous- posthumously.
2: Posthumously. posthumously yeah posthumously in
1: 1885 despite chopin's instruction that none of his unpublished manuscripts were to be published so it is a piece of music that was published after chopin had died
2: interesting
1: So that kind of fits a little bit.
2: So everything, see, and that's why I wanted to know, because everything is on purpose. That's why I know that Jacob sitting at the spring was on purpose.
1: Okay, fair enough. I totally take your word for it. But that's, I'm glad you you mentioned that. So I looked that up because I didn't put that together. But yeah, now seeing that is a piece of music by Chopin that was published after Chopin had died. So another clue what The Flash Sideways truly is. Right. Including Jack's appendectomy scar at the beginning of the episode.
2: That was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. And then and then during that same episode they go back to the site of his appendectomy. Oh, that's right. They did it in the caves.
1: Yeah. That's right. I didn't think about that too. I forgot that happened in the caves. Yep. Um, let's talk about the caves for a minute while we're there.
2: Yeah, I love um, it. You know, this seed. is the most, this is the most like distracted we've been like squirrel, 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 squirrel.
1: <laughs> I need that for the soundboard. Soundboard. <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel. Um, Oh God, that's getting added to the soundboard. I got to write that down. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> that's going to get some use. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I, I kind of found it laughable, but in a great way, how Hurley is just so comfortable with those two skeletons in there now. Cause I think I remember like he kind of freaked out when he saw them in there before, but this time he's literally (laughs) leaning right next to them. Like, Oh, I wonder if this is us.
2: I just love it that he's (laughs) like, what if this is us? And like, we died and then like, here we are, but these are our bodies. And you're just like, dude, you're just, his mind is way open to any possibility right he, now, and he's
1: so comfortable with it, like <laughs> yeah. it like it doesn't bother him at all. Right. He's leaning against like the, the cave where he's literally just an inch away from these two skeletons, yeah. Talking about how they could potentially be them, right? Right. And doesn't phase him at all. Like he's right. just like, Oh, like, yeah, this is what it is now, like this is our lives.
2: But this is um, a totally new Hurley, too, because this yeah. isn't what Hurley was like, like seriously. Probably pre taxi ride, he was he completely changed after that taxi ride with Jacob.
1: Yeah, he's just going with it now. Since returning to the island, yeah, like he feels like he has a purpose, and now he's just going along with it.
2: That's true. He he is the most comfortable on the island since returning. Like Mm -hmm. he loved being a cook. He he was he pretty much weirdly reunited or united miles and Pierre chang um
1: i still love that moment in the van
2: i wish that we got more of that (laughs) you know that needed to be longer
1: we did get hurley and miles playing tic-tac-toe with like leaves and sticks and such which was great
2: they're like oh it's a tie again yeah (laughs) <laughs> why don't you make a chess board? You know what I'm talking about? You guys have nothing to do. Make a chess board.
1: I love miles. Like he's such a great character.
2: He is. And he, he's so underutilized.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't think we get a lot of him in this season.
2: God, I love miles. I love miles so much. I actually, you know what? No, I'm not squirreling this. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's stay on, let's stay on target.
1: <laughs> um, yeah but i mean like i know and i was even part of it like i was one of the people like when the on when the theory started about like because we're reminded of these skeletons because we haven't seen them since what seasons one and seasons two Mm. you know season two it's been a while so they kind of have become forgotten lore of the show until we were reunited with these skeletons again and not only are the theories start to come out like okay Who are these characters again? Because when we first see them, we're just like, oh, these are two skeletons in the cave. Like, wonder who Mm -hmm. these people are. But now we see them again, and now we start to theorize a little bit. Like, who are these people? Could they be them? Are they Rose and Bernard? Because Rose and Bernard was one of the biggest theories as to who these two people were. That's what the skeletons were? That was a huge theory at the time as to who these skeletons are.
2: But we've already seen Rose and Bernard.
1: But we saw them in the past. We did not see them in the present day. Are you sure? Yes, we have not seen them since they jumped back. Since after the incident, we have not seen them yet. The last time we see them is when they're still back in the 70s. Because remember, they're running from the Dharma Initiative. When they run into them out in the woods. We have not seen Rose and Bernard since then. So, you sure that that
2: wasn't present time?
1: No, that was in the past. That was back in the 70s.
2: That... Well, then, why would they have died in the caves?
1: Well, because the incident, they could have that could have been what like that that could have been oh. where they were. With, yeah, that was the theory was that Rose and Bernard died together Ooh, during the incident. Ugh,
2: I hate that.
1: Well, I mean, the, the theory of that was that they died together, like well, because that's I who we We still it hate it. But we are going to find out this season who they are. That question does get answered.
2: Is it Nikki and Paolo?
1: No, God, I wish.
2: (laughs) Are they covered in Spider Bites? No,
1: spoiler, spoiler. It's the man in black.
2: Ah. It's the man in black. I really like have no
1: memories. It's it's the man in black and his mother. Uh Aha. We are going to find that out, I think, within the next couple episodes.
2: Okay, good. Yeah, I love the episode where it's all flashback of Jacob and the man in black. And I think that's
1: that's when we find out
2: that's my that's one of my all time favorite episodes because it completely lifts you out of what's going on and you just kind of immerse yourself in the lore of the island. And it's awesome. That's a Abaterno. Oh, okay. is is the episode that's soon. Um, Yeah,
1: because that's the yep, that's the. Uh, Richard Albert's arrival to the island, his immortality, and, and his yeah. alliance with Jacob are revealed, plus details about the purpose of the island and the relationship between Jacob and the smoke monster. Yeah. That is episode nine. So we are about four episodes away from that. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get it done. Let's get uh, it done. But yeah, I mean, so while we're on the caves, too. I found it very interesting that we are reminded that, Christian, you know, that's where the coffin ended up, which I find it weird. How did a coffin end up in a cave?
2: Okay, but can we also talk about the fact that we are reminded also that that coffin was empty?
1: Well, that's what I was getting to.
2: And John's coffin was not.
1: Well, because that makes me wonder because we do know that the man in black was the one that took the form of Christian shepherd. So did he take the form of Christian shepherd or did he actually walk in Christian shepherd? Meaning did he embody Christian? Oh, Did he possess him because he did not have a soul? He was an empty vessel. He was able to take it over. But if that's the case, why did he not also do that with John?
2: Oh, because once Jacob died, he can't, he can't leave Locke's body.
1: But he's not in Locke's body. He's only in the form of John Locke.
2: That's right. That's where I don't know. Because he can't leave because he can't leave this form. Like we know this. So why, why can't he leave the form if it's not his actual body? You're right. Hmm. But that's what I mean.
1: Like if he was, if he, Pos- literally possessed the body of Christian shepherd because it was a dead body. Mm. Why did he not also do that with John? Why did
2: he not take John's body? But he didn't, he didn't take his actual body. Cause if he took his actual body, everybody would have been able to see Christian and only Jack was able to see Christian. And I think Hurley saw him like once.
1: So do you think maybe he just took the form of Christian, but the body of Christian shepherd is still just missing. Like he flew out of the coffin or something. Or the man in black hit it so that he could be so that nobody would question the fact that he was playing. He was playing as Christian. I don't know, I mean, because look at the issues that are happening now. Like if you see with you know, now that he's in the form of John Locke, the issue is that now that they know John Locke's body is there, they know that he's not John Locke. But if that happened back when he took the form of Christian Shepherd, but then you found the body of Christian Shepherd, you would know that's not Christian Shepherd. Mm. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. There's still mm-hmm. a little
1: confusion when oh, it comes well, to it's like the man body. of
2: science, man of faith thing, right? It's Jack's need for tangible evidence. Yes. So of course he would have to hide. Or get rid of or somehow have Christian's body disappear because Jack would never believe that that was his dad If he walking fought, through the jungle if, if he, he could knew go it. back and see the body. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's the point I was getting at. Like, the, the body had to be hidden.
2: I see. I see somehow. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's which, in the bottom of the ocean. He's
1: fish what, food. Well, which also kind of explains the fact that, as I mentioned, how did a cab, how did a coffin get into a cave? Like, it's not going to fall out of a plane into a cave.
2: It well, had think to that be Jack brought moved into the in cave. there because Jack said that he busted that coffin.
1: He busted the coffin when he realized his dad wasn't in it. If I remember correctly, he finds the coffin in the cave. So how did it
2: get there is what you're saying.
1: That's what I mean. Like it had to have been brought into the cave and then the body hidden.
2: I feel like you need to go back and watch that episode. I'm going to make a note of that.
1: Just to maybe confirm our, our suspicions. Yeah. About everything. So again, I mean, we're going back to season one with this. So it's, it's been a while. Right. So if we forget, uh, you know, apologies. Um, let me see. I'm looking. All right. So while you know, I'll just bring it up now since I already have it up. Do you want to know what Dogan says? I do. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny, because um, it's interesting. We see Dogan in the Flash sideways as well.
2: That was nice. Um, I love that actor. I'll take any of that actor.
1: Oh God, Bullet Train, so freaking good. So
2: good. I love that movie so much. Ooh, we should do. We should do a Showtime on Bullet Train. Oh, I'm for that. Yeah, let's do that.
1: I'm I'm absolutely for that. Um, So when I tell you the translation, picture the scene again, and it makes it all the more humorous. Because if you remember correctly, just to kind of repaint the scene, Hurley says the whole, I'm a candidate. I can do what I want. Like, you know, it is what it is. Dogen speaks all these words in... Uh, Japanese. I, I believe Japanese or Korean Turns away In kind of a huff Hurley says what did he say And Jacob says you don't want to know So what, what Dogen says to him is You are lucky that you are protected Because if you were not protected I would cut your head off <laughs> 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 When you pictured, right When you picture Dogan saying these words Kind of like in a in a huff, turning around and saying this, it makes the scene a little bit more humorous.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I love I love. It. Which See, I just... and Jacob should have like tripped him when he said that. Just it would have been funny because it would have been like, <laughs> almost like humbling, you know, to Dogan. like, hey, Jacob's watching.
1: <laughs> Is he able to trip him? though? No, I don't think he has a physical
2: presence. I figure Jacob can do whatever he wants. (laughs) You know, he's the island's God. Like he can do whatever he wants, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) Or he could have just told Hurley as he's walking away, trip him.
2: Or he could have said, he could have told Hurley, tell him that he can't cut your head off. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell, Tell him, that's right, I am protected. Bitch. Tell him. Tell him I like
1: your shoes. Leave them here. (laughs) (laughs) He could have just told him the most ridiculous things to kind of, like, have fun with him.
2: Right. Um, Tell him he has what it takes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think, like, I think we've covered a lot of, like, the main points that I have. I think a lot of this stuff that I have left in my notes is just kind of, like, little
2: things. How about let's, let's just... Touch on Claire, maybe.
1: Yeah, totally fine. Because, yeah. uh, my, you know, I know she's a jungle woman at this point, but man, I was so happy that Claire returned to the show because I had such a crush on Emily Draven.
2: Also, you know, she's such a great character, and I wish that she wasn't hastily written in the last season. I, I, I don't really appreciate all the anger that comes with her in this season. Um, She's very unstable, which I understand. It's been 3 years and she doesn't have her, her son. So I'd be a little crazy. I'd be a lot crazy too. Yeah. Um I'd probably have a a weird boar head skeleton makeshift baby in a crib as well, maybe. Um, that was weird. Yeah. It was like that was like yellow jacket's
1: weird. It's I mean, and it's weird especially considering the fact that she knows Aaron's not there but yet she still has that like like that totem yeah. of him.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean maybe she needs it. I mean, you know, there are there are women or parents or something that, you know, if their child has been taken from them, they instinctively go to their room and they grab like precious items out of their room to be closer to their child. So maybe it's a way to like feel closer to your missing child, even though you have nothing of your child to remember. I mean, that's not even the same bassinet.
1: It's okay. I didn't, I didn't take notice of the bassinet. So I didn't realize. The bassinet
2: was like a normal, modern, like blue bassinet. And 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 John is
1: the one that built the other one.
2: Right. So that, that to me was weird that she had a bassinet that wasn't the one that John made. Like, well, but she where also did you kn- get
1: that? Well, she knew where to get it because remember, she was in that she was in that Dharma hatch. Yeah, that's right. She knew where to go to get that stuff.
2: Where do you think the darkness? Well, we'll get to that whenever it is. I'm sure <laughs> we'll learn why she has the darkness in her. But yeah. we really see how savage Claire has become when she kills that dude Ooh, with the axe.
1: Flat out murders that dude because I have L- that without my- feeling. Yeah. Cause I I ha- well that's also I believe the darkness in her is doing
2: right, that. but she, she just walks away and like like oh, I gotta go to the bathroom now or something like I mean just totally normal to shove an axe inside someone's body cavity and then go about your daily business.
1: Yeah, because actually, like I have that. That's two of my notes in here are uh, Claire's keep Claire's creepy cabana <laughs> uh, as as I called it, and then Cl- like Claire murdering. That dude, like, I mean, it, and it was actually, like, it was something I didn't remember happening, and it actually was kind of shocking mm. when it happened again, because I didn't yeah. remember her doing that, and then when she does that, I was like, oh, damn. Like, I
2: For forgot For a split second, that. I thought that she was planning on chopping off Jin's leg. Okay. For a split second, and then I knew that that really didn't happen, because I, I know jen's story at least but for a split second and this is because i just watched too much dark television at this point in my life i was like oh is she planning to cut off his leg no Kristen, she's not no (laughs) (laughs) and then i love it that jen's like hey man you know what he is at the temple aaron's at the temple i lied i lied to save his life don't kill anybody else (laughs) Like, don't i am officially scared of you claire
1: Well, I mean, and what's also interesting, too, about that scene is, you know, like he initially tells her that, like, Claire has Aaron and we can see her kind of like going evil a little bit about that. Like she's ready to turn on Claire. And then he's like, no, I lied. You know, I only said that, you know, to kind of protect myself. And then I think if I remember correctly, because, again, there are moments of the season that I don't remember. I think there is a moment that comes when Claire and Kate are reunited and Kate says to Claire. I have Aaron and we see her flip.
2: Yes, I do remember that. I do remember that.
1: Yeah. So I like I'm I'm waiting for that moment cuz I think I remember that coming.
2: The thing is is that like and and this is going off, you know, the actual story of this episode, but I totally like I'm totally on Kate's side with this. Like I'm not leaving an infant on the Island without his mother and his mother has gone completely missing. And I have a way off this Island with this baby.
1: Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I would have never been against that move either.
2: Right. I would have been like, thank God my son is safe. And with my mother, you know, like all of those things are wonderful to me. I mean, and not only that, but it's a
1: very selfless act of Kate to make the return to the island to reunite the two of them because she could have been. I mean, now, granted, there are people that were starting to come around to the realization of the truth that Aaron was not Kate's. Right. But even still, like she could have continued her lifestyle of constantly moving around and being Aaron's mother.
2: I don't think that anybody really came around to the fact that he wasn't hers. It was Ben that got a lawyer involved.
1: That's right. It was Ben that kind of led them to it.
2: Right. So in the effort to
1: get Kate back,
2: you know, Kate selflessly takes Aaron off the Island, even though, and I mean, for me, the fact that Kate even wanted to get off the Island and go back to normal life when she was a fugitive for murder is incredible to me.
1: Well, Okay, now this brings up an interesting point in that you mentioned, you know, you kind of just said it's Ben that kind of brings gets the lawyer involved that puts the idea into Kate that would Kate have decided to go back because Kate wanted nothing to do with that island again. Mm -hmm. Had Ben not done that, would Kate have made this selfless act? No. Yeah. Okay, okay. We're in agreement there.
2: No, absolutely not. Because She was firmly in her life, you know, like Mm -hmm. her, like she had the 10 years probation. She had a good life. She was raising Aaron. Like everything was, she had a routine. Her life was stable probably for the first time ever. So she was giving up that stability that she's never had to go and reunite this one stable factor in her life because for the betterment of his life. Mm -hmm. You know, like that there's, there's Kate is a very admirable character, like a really admirable character. And I don't think she gets enough credit for everything that she does because she's so quiet about it. And
1: and I agree with you. But again, it's, it's kind of, it took Ben for her to make this selfless act. Because So was it selfless? That well.
2: Is that's that what you're the, asking me? That's yeah. the
1: question now. I believe I believe Kate's intentions are selfless in reuniting Claire with Aaron, but if not for Ben, she would have continued on a selfish path.
2: So she wouldn't have come to that conclusion unless Ben put a put, like a ben, chink in in her timeline.
1: Yeah, Ben okay. is the one that kind of threw the wrench into the gears and yeah. got her frightened. But that's what led her down the path to make this selfless act. Okay. Had Ben not done that, she would have continued on this selfish path yeah. of being Ben of being Aaron's mom.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: So yes, I agree. I agree that Kate is a very admirable character, but she's not always that admirable.
2: Yeah. I still think her initially leaving the island was ballsy. Oh, I I completely agree with you there. And taking yeah. Aaron with her. Yeah.
1: Cause, Cause I, I, mean, I honest I think if Claire and Aaron were not characters in this and Aaron was not a factor, she would have never left.
2: No, she would have been like, nah, we're good. Sawyer, yeah. you and I are gonna stay here and then Juliet and Sawyer would have never gotten together and it would have been I sad.
1: Well, who knows? That's true. You never know. That's true. Um Because freckles could have got on Sawyer's nerves. Um, Only other note I have on Claire is Claire being in the will. (laughs) uh, In the flash side. The will that was so easy
2: to find. Right.
1: It was on the bookshelf. She didn't even need Jack to find that will. (laughs) Jack didn't even need to be there. She found it on her own. Uh Uh-huh. Right. You know, But I also find it interesting, too, in that moment that it kind of feels like, and tell me if you came to this realization as well, the huge difference between the present day and the flash sideways, other than the fact that they got trapped on an island, is it seems like they still had the funeral even without the body.
2: And they seem to have had it without Jack because Jack wasn't there to see his son upset, how upset he was without. Or he
1: just didn't notice it.
2: Oh, you know what? No, there was a funeral while he was trying to recover Christian's body at the airport. Remember?
1: Okay, he so said, Jack I've got missed all these it because people waiting. Oh, okay. So Jack, so he missed the he... funeral trying to recover, trying to recover his his the body.
2: Body. Yep. Okay. okay. We're amazingly smart when we <laughs> when we put our brain together.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Only only stuff I have now is kind of. Just little notes. I don't know if you have any other major points you kind of want to get to or cover.
2: Um bum, bum, bum. not walk shows up. Jin lies to Claire. Uh Jack tracks down David. They find Kate.
1: Uh, do you want a drink? No, I'm good. Good for you. I thought that was interesting just because. You know, we've seen in the, in the present day, Jack has a major alcohol issue at some point. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. But he turns down alcohol when his mother offers it to
2: him. Well, because that's his, that's his redemption arc, right? Yes. So he wouldn't be drinking if he is on his redemption arc. Yes. Or completion arc, whatever. Um Did you notice that Jack's hair on the island looked like he had just gotten out of the shower like the whole episode? Okay, good.
1: There's (laughs) one moment in the beginning of the episode when you see him at the temple and his hair is all slicked back and I'm like, Jack could have played freaking Elvis.
2: Yeah, I'm like, what's with all the grease? Is it water? Because the rest of him is bone dry. Bone dry, but his hair is completely wet or greasy or something like dude needs a shower. I don't know what's going on with his hair, but it was definitely noticeable.
1: Jack's doing his best impression of the king.
2: <laughs> He's got Ross Geller hair. <laughs> oh, it's wet. It's gu-
1: um,
2: And this oh, it's someone is someone who's coming. Some kind of so Jacob says someone is coming to the island. I need you to help them find it. So that was a ruse.
1: I believe. Yeah, that was a ruse. Cause you have, if you actually look at the names on it, um, which we have done in the past before, and one Oh eight has always been a number. You've asked me to look up. Um, one Oh eight is a name of Wallace. Um, uh, for the hundredth, uh, for Etsy. Like David Wallace. Holy shit. I never noticed that. Get the hell out of here.
2: Okay, well Sorry. say it out loud.
1: Lighthouse is the 108th episode oh, of the show. Wow. Never even
2: picked up on that. Interesting. That's these showrunners are very God, smart.
1: That's so freaking smart. I love it. Um
2: I hope people actually listen to our last season coverage of this because. I love the last season. I love the whole series, to tell you the truth. Like, the whole show. That's why we started this, of course. But, like, doing this deep dive just gives me a deeper love for Lost. Even when we, like, have all these questions, I love, I call them puzzle shows. I love puzzle shows. I love it when a show keeps me on my toes. And I feel like Lost accomplished that every single season. Oh, yeah.
1: And I'm like and I'm fully on board and we'll talk about this more as we get to the series finale, too. But like I'm fully on board because I know it was a big point of contention with people is mm-hmm. that people were disappointed that not every question was answered. I'm OK with that. Yeah. Like it leads us to have these conversations about yeah. like theories and things like that. And even the showrunners have said, like, well, in real life, you don't always get the answers to all your questions. Right. You know, I'm totally on board with that. Right. Right. You know, it's one of the reasons why I think people are still talking about this show is Mm -hmm. because there are still theories that are being put out there about this stuff. Yeah.
2: And it's not that it was a bad last season. It's not like it was Dexter or how I met your mother. You know, it was it was just people were aggravated that there were more questions than answers at the end. Okay, well, that seems to be the norm now, all these years later.
1: Yeah, you just hated it with this show because it was the first show to do it.
2: Right. And then it was it groundbreaking. Was yeah, it was different, but here we are like, yeah. you know, however many years later and it's still awesome.
1: So, Wallace is a surname of Scottish origin meaning Welsh. Charles Wallace was a character in A Wrinkle in Time series of children's books. He was a psychic child in stories about time and space travel, changing yep. the past series of might have been events. Turning yeah. point event battle turning point events battles between the powers of good and evil, a large evil cloud called the black thing uh, in the movie. It's referenced as the darkness and an evil intelligence called it who controls people's minds.
2: And I've recently read a wrinkle in time and I should have remembered that because they call him Charles Wallace the whole book. He's never Charles. He's always Charles Wallace
1: Hmm.
2: when you, when he's written.
1: So it seems like Charles Wallace is, or Wallace, the name under 108, is some way a reference to the man in black, who Jacob pulls Hurley and Jack away from the temple because that's who's coming to the temple. Not the island, that's who's going to the temple.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it. See, (laughs) I love stuff like that.
1: So many freaking references. Um, Yeah,
2: and I love all the literary references because we should have a book list. We've talked about this before, but we should have a book list. On that note,
1: there is a book referenced in this episode that is in my notes. and That's not
2: a wrinkle in time?
1: (laughs) No, it's The Annotated Alice.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which are the stories of Alice in Wonderland and Behind the Looking Glass. Um, in which we've gotten a number of references to that. I mean, shit, that's how we end this podcast. Is you know we'll see further down the rabbit hole, right? Um, you know we've gotten episode. There's an episode called uh, "There's an episode called The White Rabbit." You know, there's been a number of episodes that are references to Alice in Wonderland, and now this is the book that he is reading is the annotated Alice.
2: Is so, the Jabberwock in there?
1: The Jabberwock, I think, is in Behind the Looking Glass. Okay. I don't think that's a character analysis Alice in Wonderland.
2: Okay. I um, remember watching, they made a movie of the Jabberwock or the Jabberwocky when I was a kid, I was like nine or 10 years old. I have a memory of being in the mountains on a family vacation. And it was one, it was like, you know, the Sunday night family movie or something, you know, like that. But I remember there was a movie called the Jabberwock or the Jabberwocky. I've never seen it since. I've always wanted to, like, check it out again. But do, did you remember that movie?
1: I don't remember that movie.
2: And Alice is in it. And, it, like, it was really good. But it was based on the, the poem, um, The Jabberwocky.
1: Uh yeah, Jabber Jabberwocky. Okay, so Jabberwocky is it's a nonsense, it's a nonsense poem written by Lewis Carroll about the killing of a creature named the Jabberwock. It was included in his 1871 novel Through the Looking-Glass. So not beyond okay. the Looking-Glass, Through the Looking-Glass. Okay. Um the sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. So yeah, it was in Through the Looking-Glass.
2: Okay. I'm going to try and find that movie.
1: <sighs> yeah, I've never I I didn't I didn't know anything about it.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe I made it up. No, I didn't make it up. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Oh, Anyways, it's, with-
1: I was just going to say apparently there is a there's a video on YouTube of Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll being read by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's only a minute and 39 seconds long. So
2: Oh my gosh, there okay. are okay. I just looked out my window, and there is a bird mounting another bird. I have never seen bird sex before, and it's weird. <laughs> I His am bird. renaming. No, he's going to do it again. He did this is the third time.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am renaming this episode, I have never seen bird sex. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that other bird looks not great. That's a fat bird that mounted the other bird too. Anyway, (laughs) back to the podcast. I'm sorry, but I just I look up and I all I see out my window is (laughs) birds. I don't know how else to to, to say
1: that. Um no, it's totally fine. Uh the only two notes I have um left are it was just it was very it was a great moment watching Jack walk in and watch David. Perform which Mm -hmm. led to that great Emotional conversation that they have at the end And uh, Jack seeing the reflection of his home In the lighthouse Reflections play a big part of this Because what I didn't realize is if you go back And you watch all of the Other episodes that have happened so far In the season I believe there are Moments with all of these characters looking Into
3: mirrors
2: Oh yeah
1: The episode this episode starts With Jack Looking at the mirror, so any other final notes on your end?
2: I have nothing. Okay, but I have lots of extra notes that I took of things to do after this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, then, with everything covered, um, I think that leads us to uh, to the feedback section of it, and we have two voicemails uh of course from our one of from our friend steve and then um uh one from jason to who we haven't heard from from a while so i'm very excited oh, cool. to hear what he has to say so let's kick it off with that let's play the okay. voicemail from uh from f- from jason
3: Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose. It's been a long time since I've added any feedback for the podcast. I've been wanting to add my feedback for season six, but since I never know when you're going to be recording, and I'm not even (laughs) sure when you guys know when you'll be recording. (laughs) Sorry. uh, I haven't managed to send anything in for a long time. Before getting to the Lighthouse episode, I wanted to talk about mirrors or reflections. Ever since... The episode Through the Looking Glass, Lost, has been mirroring itself. Seasons 3 and 4 mirror each other with the Freighter Folk. Seasons 2 and 5 mirror each other with the Dharma Initiative. And seasons 1 and 6 mirror each other in many ways with our main characters. And Just thinking of the character-centric episodes, those also pretty much follow what happened in Season 1. With the pilot and LAX being multi-centric, the next episode being Kate-centric, and then Locke, and then Jack, and then finally with the fake-out with Sun Down. Uh, so I was thinking that was going to be a Sun episode, but nope. And thinking of season six, I think it's really important on a rewatch podcast to talk about exactly what the Flash Sideways is and important clues that come up before the reveal towards the end of the season. So I'm not trying to spoil anything by talking about that this was a place that they created to find each other before moving on in the afterlife. In LAX, one of my favorite lines is Rose telling Jack that it's okay to let go while she's looking at his grip on the airplane seat. But you can also look at that as her telling him that it's okay to let go and accept his death and have that ability to connect with the other characters that are slowly waking up, but that is in the latter half of the season. But it's nice to see that there was clues of it in the first episode of the season. So back to the mirror theme. I love all of the mirror moments that happen in each of the episodes in season six in LAX. Jack on the plane is looking at his neck in the mirror in what Kate does. Kate is looking at herself in the mirror, in the car shop, in the substitute. There's a moment when Locke, can see himself in the round mirror while he's in the tub. And in the episode The Lighthouse, there are so many mirror moments. Uh, First, Jack observing his appendix scar in the mirror. Also back on the island, Jack sees his reflection in the pond near the temple. Back in the flash sideways, you can see Jack's reflection on the window while he's talking on the phone. And finally, there's a Reflection of David as he's playing the piano in the piano cover while he's at the recital. And thinking of the character of David, is he just a reflection of Jack? And then most obvious of all is all of the mirrors in the lighthouse. It was really cool seeing all the things in those mirrors. In addition to Jack's childhood home, you could see the temple where Jin and Sun got married. Man, Jack's stubbornness was on full display in this episode when he started breaking those mirrors. Insert Jack just sucks here. (laughs) Yeah, I can remember on my first watch being so frustrated uh, with him breaking all those mirrors, and I was really hoping that the lighthouse and the temple would have more to play in the island's mythology, but I guess not. Anyway, uh, I wanted to mention all those mirror moments, and... Keep an eye out for other mirror moments in each of the episodes in season six. There are plenty more to come. And that's all I have for now. This has been Jason in San Jose. Namaste. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Jason. That was great.
2: That was awesome.
3: There were so many other reflection moments that he pointed out that I
1: know I saw that I just
2: just didn't take note of like yeah i'm so glad that he said that because now i'm totally going to be on mirror alert so thank you jason so much for that and thank you for sending in um the feedback and i'm so sorry that we've been so um inconsistent with when we record I'm so sorry. I know that that must be frustrating for anybody that actually wants to keep along with the podcast. So for that, I'm sorry because it is mostly my fault most of the time. So I've, I've been so to sorry. blame a couple of times, like nowhere near as much as me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that also leaves. Uh, but yeah. Thank you again, Jason, for that great uh, feedback and keep them coming. Cause we're again, we're only a day and a half late this time. We're not missing the week. So Promise, just keep them coming and we'll keep playing. Uh, but that also leads us to, of course, a voicemail from our friend Steve Brown. Yay.
0: Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And I just realized I'm cutting kind it of, kind of close this week. So I need to get this uh, one for the lighthouse done. Well, I guess it's just Lighthouse. Okay, finally, a previous one that doesn't have Juliet's death again. Thank you, Lost. Remember how Jack got that scar on his stomach? Is that, that's oh, that's his appendectomy scar from the island, right? remember, did Jack have a son in the other timeline in this present timeline that we're back at the temple now dragon for a guy that doesn't like the english on his lips or whatever you're really speaking it a lot now Ooh, early seeing jacob again and claire i mean looking very rousseau like oh hugo getting a little bit of a dude there i'm a candidate i can do what i want why don't you go back to the courtyard dragon <laughs> and hugo That's has good. a little insight into jack there and i think does jacob he gives gives him a, a way to bring jack along right to this adventure What is that in the bassinet? Like a squirrel or something that she's made that's dead? Ew. (laughs) Claire just said, one thing that'll kill you around here is infection. (laughs) Well, that's right. Jen wouldn't know that Aaron was on the helicopter, right? Because, yeah, he wouldn't know that Aaron made it off the island. Okay, not going to lie. This Emily Draven, uh, she's a wonderful actor. She's framed the the crazy Claire really well. It's kind of hot, though. (laughs) Is that weird? (laughs) I love it. Hurley has some of the best theories. What if these skeletons are us? Something's confusing me. He said something about watching the Red Sox uh, when he brought David home, but then in the picture, he's got an L.A. hat on. I don't know what that means. I'm not taking back what I said about Jack earlier just because he's changing and getting more vulnerable and a little introspective here. But gosh, to admit that he was broken and he thought the island could fix him. Wow. Hurley just said lighthouse. Title of the episode, mic drop. Okay, <laughs> so I guess Jen does know that Aaron's off the island that Kate took him. Well, and she just murdered this guy with an axe. Hey, look, it's what, it's not dragon. It's Dogen Dayun? I don't know. <laughs> the temple. Uh, 108 degrees, just like the time and everything. Jack, you're turning into a jerk again. You just smashed the mirror. That's not right. Okay, But you're turning out to be a pretty good dad, I guess. Here it is. Lighthouse again. Title of the episode. Mic drop. Jacob still manipulating people. And now Jen's saying that he lied about Kate raising the... I don't know what's going on. You're lying again saying that you did see Aaron at the temple. Uh, Claire just called him not John. That's what we've been calling him. Not John Locke. And that's the end of the episode.
1: uh thank you steve and no it is not weird because i felt the same way
2: (laughs) you guys are so silly (laughs) you guys are so silly i love Uh, it
1: but thank you guys both for the feedback and again we encourage everybody out there that's listening to please leave us feedback easiest ways to do that uh you can email us directly feedback at revisitedpod.com where you can send us an email or Record yourself in a voicemail and send it to us or just go to revisitedpod.com and you can find links there to where you can subscribe, watch the video version, send us feedback, all that great stuff. Um, Real quick, rapid fire, any recommendations for the week? Anything you want to kind of throw out there to to recommend to people?
2: Get a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) They're awesome. Get a puppy.
1: Fair enough. Um, I will mention this very very quickly I'm doing a what I call the summer Of the unwatched where I threw 175 movies I've never seen before Into a playlist I hit shuffle And whatever movie comes up that's the Movie that I watch Um, And the goal was to get through 50 of them Before September 1st and I've already watched 8 So it's gonna be It's gonna be very easy Um, I watched air last night with Ben Affleck And Matt Damon Amazing movie it was so good Um But the other movie I watched that was really weird in concept, but oddly very sweet in story, is a movie called Swiss Army Man with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, It's basically a story of a man who is uh, stranded on a deserted island, ready to die until a corpse washes up on shore, and he befriends the corpse. (laughs) Uh, And the corpse is Daniel Radcliffe.
2: Um, I love the I love the movies that Daniel Radcliffe chooses post-Potter.
1: He has shaken the Harry Potter stereotype so greatly. I think in he some did of that with movies. Guns Akimbo. Well, even Horns, which he did before Guns oh, Akimbo, Kimbo yeah. a
2: fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But Swiss Army Man, it's actually written and directed by the Daniels, who are the same people that did that everything did- everywhere all at once.
2: Which is the best movie ever. Which is
1: which, yeah, you and I are in complete agree with. No. So, uh any final notes before we we wrap things up? No. I'm good. Cool. Uh so, next episode of the podcast, season 6, episode 6 is called Sundown, uh which Jason actually mentioned in in his feedback. So, uh we'll be talking about that next episode, which will be on time, we promise. Uh, but with that being said, thank you, everybody, for being a listener, for a subscriber, for watching all that you do, just being a part of this family. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
2: Bye. You have to go back. Kate. Eh?
0: We have to go back!